Hey everybody, it's Kevin Heffernan. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. On behalf of Steve Lemmy, thanks for joining us. Uh, Steve and I have been doing a bunch of pitching around town lately, and it dawned on us that we have uh, a bunch of funny stories about pitching movie ideas and TV ideas in Hollywood. And um, at the same time, uh, people ask us questions a lot about how that process works. So we figured we'd take an episode just to tell some of those stories and talk about the process of pitching movies and TV uh, ideas around the studios. So, um, I don't know, we came with some pretty funny stories, some good memories. Uh, so I think you're going to like it. It's, and it's informative. Um, before we jump in there, uh, just a few stand updates. We are going to be in Calgary this weekend, uh, north of the border, at the Laugh Shop. That's June 7th through 9th. And then the next big one um, we got at Denver. We're going to shoot our comedy special at Comedy Works Downtown in Denver. And we're going to have some after parties and things like that. It's going to be a pretty fun event. And uh, we'll be shooting uh, a bunch of the shows. We'll be there from June 26th to June 28th. Uh, so come down. Get on camera. Have some laughs with us. Uh, it's definitely going to be worth it. Then um, in July, we'll be in Newport, Kentucky, which is right across the river from Cincinnati. We'll be at the Levy Funny Bone. And then uh, the next weekend, July 17th through 19th, we'll be in San Diego at the American Comedy Company. So come see a show if you're in Calgary, Denver, Cincinnati, or San Diego in the next few months. Um, always a good time. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, um, our sponsor. Hey, if you're going shopping at Amazon, go to the Chewing It website and uh, see the banner there for Amazon and click through it and then do your shopping. I mean, if you're going to do it anyway, you might as well click through our banner and it helps to support the podcast. So that would be great. Um, All right. That's it, man. Let's jump into these pitch stories. We had a great time with some of these memories, so I hope you enjoy them too. Chew it. Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it. And this other guy, Steve. Chew it. From the TV and the movies. And now this podcast stream. Chew it. They're going to get chewy. Chew it. They might even get me. Chew it. But they're going to get funky on this podcast thing. All right, what are we uh, talking about What's today? up, everybody? Hi. Hey, hey, how you doing? It's Kevin Heffernan. And Steve Lemmy. Welcome to another episode of Chewing It. God damn it. We're so fucking glad you joined us today. It's a double square right in your first time. I don't give a shit. I, I, I didn't want to get gratuitous there, but I, I don't care. Okay. It's fried. You told me that you were going to try to stop swearing as much. I did? In our writing, in our speaking, oh, in our podcast. Oh, you know, podcasts. I did. I did. I, for your wife, I was going to do that. I was going to try to be more of a gentleman. I, I, thought, I thought it was just be for you. Well, uh, I suppose so. I mean, I don't really remember. I mean, Throw away your crutches. I remember saying that. Your swear word crutches. You know what, Kev? I, I, don't, I don't swear when, it, when it's time to not swear, I don't swear. And the what same cannot like when, be. When we're on the radio? Yeah, the same cannot be said for you. I've heard you swear a couple times on the radio. Ages ago. I've heard no, you s- like last weekend. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right. I did. I drew first blood last weekend, yeah. and then you drew second blood right after. I, I, I did, but the, the, uh, we were on the Dave and Bruce show in San Francisco, and he engaged us in a competition. Yeah. And then once that happens, then the, then the blood starts flowing. Yeah, it wasn't our fault. 
Right. You threw a fuck out and I threw a shit out. Yeah. And uh, we were just caught up in the moment. I bet the FCC would have fined you harder than it would find me. Although the FCC doesn't find it for radio. But you know what I'm talking about. I do. If they did, if I, they did. I would know what you were talking about. Right. But apparently, what uh, I guess the word on the street was they didn't, ca- they didn't get it on the they air. They dropped it, right. The old cough button. Yeah. No, they weren't able to catch it. Oh, so it went out over there. Yeah, because Damon Bruce or his or his producer told us that one of their friends called in and was like, uh, "Oh no, no, he watched it on the internet. He he, oh, okay. he heard it on the internet feed. Okay, that was so the internet feed. Okay, yeah, you can swear on the internet. Okay, that's that we love going <laughs> online. Apparently, you can swear on the internet. That'd be perfect for you. Yeah, and you, Kev. The internet. Before that, Kev, you had dropped a couple of swear bombs uh, on the radio. Rarely, rarely do do I do that. Where, where were we just recently? You we're, do it when you're hungover. Yeah. You've had a few drinks, you're feeling a little punchy the next morning, and you forget. Yeah. That's why I remind you, right? We go on, I remind you, don't swear. But, Kevin, I feel like you're trying to turn the tables on me. Why? Aside from San Francisco, before that, we had what you specifically warned me not to swear on something, and then you came out and you swore. I don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I know. It was actually the the Colgate podcast. When you, oh, uh, right. Well, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. That's our podcast. <laughs> that's our podcast. And you can go back and edit that out. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's Anywho. a pleasure to have all of you here on Chewing It. We haven't chewed yet. I'm going to chew yeah. something tasty today. Wait, what? Uh, I don't know yet. Are you going to chew it and then say what you chewed? Let me see what I'm going to chew. Let me think about what I'm going to chew here. Okay. And then I'll tell you after I chew it. Let's start okay. chewing. Okay. Mmm. Mmm. What do you got? That was delicious. I'll tell you what I got. Okay. Corn on the cob. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Summery. Salty. Oh, yeah. Buttery. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Maybe a little cumin on there. Oh, you got some C-U-M-Y-N? <laughs> Is that how you spell it? I don't know how you spell it. I am. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm bad with the uh, hipster spices. Is that a hipster spice? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know you could put that on corn. I don't corn. know if it's a hipster spice. Is it? Have you? Now, Isn't that the thing people, you know, you put it on corn because it's cool and different? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I thought that flies above your head mm. right here. Mm. Um, have you ever heard – have you done this, the trick where you have a glass of hot water? Yeah. And you put the butter patty into it. No. And it <laughs> and it melts the butter. Yeah. And then you take the corn on the cob and basically you fuck the glass with the corn on the cob. Like you dip into it. Into the water? Yeah, there's the water and then yeah. you melt the butter. The butter floats yeah. on top, melted. Okay. And then you take the, the corn in the cob and stick it down in. Right. Pull it out and it just it coats the whole corn in the cob with butter. That sounds I just heard about this trick. I don't I don't know if I buy it. I know. I know you don't buy it. Why don't you just use a knife and coat the corn with the butter? Listen. I, I'm not pro <laughs> uh glass fucking. Sounds like a gravity bong. <laughs> maybe maybe it was Cheech and Chong. Maybe it was they Cheech told and you? Chong. They told you because we've been spending a lot of time uh, with Cheech and Chong. That's a Dude, I'm a fucking I'm a I'm an artist. I'm an artist. I knew exactly you what are. I was doing the whole time. You are. Yeah. We have a topic. We have something we want to talk about today. We do. Yeah. Well, because we've been okay. So we've been spending a lot of time with Cheech and Chong lately. Right. We've been pitching pitching uh, the new a Cheech movie and Chong them, movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we've been doing a lot of pitching. Yeah. And it, and it, and it made us think about how much we've pitched in our lives and the funny stories of pitching. Yeah. Because people don't. I think people don't necessarily. I mean, we'll, we'll explain what it is, but. You know, in, the, in this uh, business, we make a lot of our living writing mm-hmm. as writers and writers for other people and, and writers for other material and stuff. And and what you have to do is in this business is you go out and pitch. Yeah, and writing for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, sure. We sure. Pit, we pit, well, let, let's, let's talk about what pitching is. Okay, basically, what it is. I mean, you know, it's not it's not any mystery or anything, but you have to go sell your ideas to studios, uh, TV networks, and things like that. So you have to go around. 
and do a pitch, and it's a business. It's a it's a it's a it's an art form. Yeah, you basically have to tell them what is so great about your idea, and then tell them uh, your idea and make it interesting for them to hear. But the trick is, you can't, you shouldn't tell them too much because you can't bore them. But you have to tell them just enough to pique their interest and make them open their checkbook. Sure, we had uh, one executive who we were very close with. Uh, we asked him, what is your perfect pitch? What's yeah. the perfect pitch like? He said, five minutes. Right. Because you, you think about these guys, they sit all day long and they hear writers. And, and I'm talking like big time writers, you know. Yeah. Uh, not just guys off the street, but they have to sit all day long and hear pitches. Yeah. And uh, and that can be pretty fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, as they have said, and this is the, the interesting thing about it, is they know pretty quickly whether or not they like the idea. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. So it's like if they like the idea, they're probably going to stop you or just start asking you questions. And if they don't like the idea, they're just going to let you talk. Yeah. And the longer your pitch goes, the sleepier they're <laughs> going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really kind of a fun – like it's, it's not fun, but it's, it's what you have to do. You have to do a song. You have to go in there and present, as yeah. a lot of people do in their, in, their, in their different kinds of jobs. But you know, this is kind of going there presenting a TV show or here's a movie and here's the vision of it and here's why you should buy it. Yes, and and as actors, we um, can bring another element into yeah. our pitching. In comics, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which sometimes I wish we weren't uh, able to bring in. Why? What are you talking about? Well, because there are times where you feel a little silly. I guess so, but that's the thing. Is it? I, I, I guess okay. The, the overall view is basically what you do is you go and you sit down with these people, and you present anywhere from like a ten to twenty minute presentation to them. And what you need to do basically is give them an overview of the thing, describe certain, you know, characters that you would be creating, describe various kind of plot points. Um, and you know, if you're shooting a TV show, you're going to describe you know, future episodes you might write or arcs that might happen in a season and, um, and paint a picture that these people can see or appreciate and make you want to buy it. Yeah. So it requires you to do some preparation and, and know what you're going to say and have – Points where you can get a laugh and points where you deliver the heart of the script mm-hmm. and, you know. Heart. And over the many years that we've done this, we, I think we've learned the ins and outs and the rights and the wrongs. And, sure. And it's a little trial by error and we've had terrible experiences and great experiences and funny experiences. Yeah. Well, so basically it's like you go in yeah. and you say, okay, this is what the movie is about. Uh, yeah. It's about – a bunch of guys who go to Oktoberfest and discover a super secret beer drinking competition. Right. And they get humiliated by these Germans. Right. And they go back to the States and they form their own competitive beer drinking competition and go back and seek their revenge. Exactly. And that's right. you say that's what it's about. Yeah. And then, you know, either the exec in comedy business, either the executives laugh or they don't. <laughs> right. Great idea, bad idea. And if they laugh, you're in business. Yeah. And then you can get tell them the characters, you know. We have these two brothers and, and they're uh, you know, grandfather started this uh, beer and lost the recipe and blah blah blah. Now they're going to and then you go to like and there's the Jewish scientists. Yeah. And there's the fat asshole. Yeah, you know, and you just go down the list of who the characters. Well, are. that's see, that's what we have to do because there's five in yeah. Broken Lizard. Right. In Broken Lizard, we have to do that because there's five of us. Right. And so we've we as geniuses <laughs> figured out that what we'd do is we'd each introduce our own character. Yeah. So I say I play Finkelstein. Right. 
And then, you know, I masturbate frogs for a living. <laughs> and I'm the science guy. I'll be the one figuring out all, like, the scientific things. And, right. and Kevin would say. Yeah, I'm landfill. I'm the big asshole who can eat and drink anything. Yeah, and then somebody chime in. He's, he's uh, not too far from uh, the real Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all courtesy laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that's what happens, too, is that, like, sometimes in the first couple of pitch meetings, you'll just, like, you'll be riffing with them and somebody will throw out a joke. And yeah. then that becomes your joke for later in the pitch. <laughs> right. And people actually turn, like, you look at the guy waiting for him to make the joke. He makes the joke again. Right. Everybody laughs. Because that's the presentational element of it, right? Like, you, you create this presentation, and then you go do it 10 times, 12 times, within, like, three days. Yeah. To different companies and different studios. And then by the time you get to that 12th one, uh, everything that was fresh and improvised is now canned yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and, not and planned. There is something funny, you know, which we hadn't talked about, that you're excellent at, Kev. I, yeah. I'd, I'd say you're the best in the business. Wow. At the um, – here's what Kevin is, is great at. When I'm telling the joke, right. Kevin is a great fake laugher. <laughs> That's like, real. That's fake. That, wait, That's real. That's fake. Okay. Well, let's, let's hear your fake no, laugh. No, it's true because uh, – what happens is it's like a it's like having a laugh track, you know. Yeah. And like we've sat in those rooms where you pitch these people and they're they're just blank faced, and the beauty of having multiple guys in the room is that you can bring your own laughs into the room, and then it creates a situation where people are laughing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. to just sit there silently, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like you're, I, I want to hear your, um. I want to hear your uh, fake laugh. Okay, but you do. Uh, you have to give me a lead in line. Like I masturbate frog. You know, like my, I'm the Jew- Jewish guy. I masturbate frog for. Okay, and okay, we're uh, sitting in a room. And go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So let, let me. I'll, I'll try. Okay. So yeah, I play. I play Finkelstein. I'm the guy uh, who masturbates frogs for a living. So it's really not too much uh, different than what I do in real life. <laughs> 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 See that? Uh. That's Kevin. And and not only does it make them feel like it's funny, but it makes me feel like I just crushed the joke right. again. Right. That's the support group of having yeah. multiple guys. I'm a terrible fake laugher. Yeah. Like, I don't do that for you at all. I think you do it sometimes. Do I? Yeah. I, but but I, I don't care. I mean, that's my job. That's what I do. Yeah, that is. That's your role. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't know what people do who are pitch, who pitch, you know, movies and TV who don't have that. Then I guess it's a really somber room. Yeah. But that's, what, you know, that's, I suppose, why we've had some success in the pitching uh, yeah. world because, uh, you know, we go in and people at the, we were talking about this yesterday after yeah. one of the Cheech and Chong pitches. At the very least, people know that we're going to come in and give them a good show. Yeah. Because oftentimes, you know, presentation, yes, it is a presentation. It's a performance. Yeah. And but presentations are generally boring. They are. Well, our, our biggest our biggest performance, would you say it was F Troop? Yeah, it's when we pitched F Troop. Yeah. We, uh, years ago, I mean, and this is what happens. I mean, this is, we spend a lot of our time doing this. You spend a lot of your time going around pitching ideas to these executives, and some hit and some don't. Um, and so you always have these different opportunities. So a couple of years ago... I think it was after Super Troopers, but before Beer Fest, or between Super Troopers and Beer Fest, or it was after Beer Fest. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, we kind of hooked up with this guy who um, had a company, and um, he specialized in buying rights to kind of old TV shows, you know. And then he would, uh, you know, create these movies from these old TV shows, you know, like uh, Fantasy Island or yeah. you know, whatever kind of thing. And I so, really wanted to do Fantasy Island. I know. That would have been nice. We had it all mapped out. Yeah. Where uh, Jay would be Mr. Rourke. Yeah. And you'd be Tattoo. Yeah. And then, but, like, were you going to do it like Dorf? Like, in the yeah, I was gonna shoes be... on your knees kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
Or, you can CGI that these days. Well, we you know, ta- turn you into like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, or something, right? we talked about CGIing me tiny. <laughs> um, and then we talked about doing dwarf. I don't know if we d- ever decided which was going to be funnier. Yeah. But we were really excited about it. I was going to talk like this. Right. <laughs> hey, boss, the plane, the plane. And then you... Right. And uh, Soda and Stolhansky were going to be the three different fantasies. Yeah, three different guests. Like on you the get island. off, you get off the plane. Like you know, here's uh, Havelock Hughes. <laughs> he uh, he wants he a, lacks confidence. Yeah, what we what his fantasy is to have a harem of women. <laughs> but oh, this is the rated R fantasy yeah, island. But it's not going to be as pleasurable as it seems. Hey, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, boss? It sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> because there's danger in the harem. Mm. That sounds like a good movie. That we should pitch sound, that. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, right. So this dude owned like rights to all these old TV shows, and one that he owned uh, was F Troop. And now F Troop, I don't know if a lot of people remember F Troop, but I watched it when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's basically the uh, the cavalry outpost out in the the wild west, and there's nothing around. It's, it's similar to Super Troopers, and that's why they they asked us to do it. And, and it's these guys in uniform who have nothing to do, and they just screw around, and they screw with the Indians, and they screw, or sorry, Native Americans, and they screw yeah. with whoever else. Although back then, they did just call them Indians, and because and also, they didn't have the respect. Like it was a bunch of Jewish guys in makeup. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you watch those things, and it's that classic, yeah. like uh, 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 just old timey racism. Yeah, what it is. Like know? how me me want to wampum. Yeah, remember what the uh, the name of the tribe was? Yeah, it was, uh, it was the where the heck are we? It was the Hakawis. The Hakawis, meaning yeah, meaning where the heck are we? Yeah, that yeah. was what the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, the guy who owned it. Yeah, Thought he that explained was the to joke us. in the world. So, so anyway, he, well, he wanted to change it to the to where the, the fuck are we? Yeah, the fuck are we? Yeah, the fuck are we for show. our R-rated version. But anyway, uh, uh, so it was you know I don't know if you'd say it was a relatively relatively obscure TV show. I loved it when I was a kid and I watched it all the time. But in, the but in Hollywood, titles still they always mean something. But that's the thing, yeah. That's and that's why this guy made a, bi- a business of this is because he felt. You know, in, in the world we're in now, studios need an extra security blanket uh, to take a risk uh, to make a movie. And if it's an old title, they feel in their mind that, oh, we don't have to uh, spend our time trying to crack the market because people know what this is. But then you get on the edges of those obscure things and, you know, does it really give you a value? And F Troop was one of them. And so anyway, they pitch it to us and uh, we're like, okay, you know what? Let's do a take on this. And we'll go around town and we'll pitch it with this guy. Yeah. And we'll see. You know, it's the kind of thing that maybe a studio would want to do. And it's, in and of itself, when you think about it, it's a fun idea. It's, you take Super Troopers, you put it in to the 19th century cavalry out in the Wild West, and it yeah. could be a fun thing. So anyway, so we put together this whole pitch. And that, I think that was maybe our song and danciest pitch. No, that's what we're saying. It's like yeah. the, uh, we, we had parts of that pitch where, all of us would shoot pistols in the air <laughs> repeatedly. That's the salt mine joke, though, right? Well, the salt mine joke, which I was lucky enough to deliver, okay, it might be my my favorite joke. Because what we do is just to explain this: you know, one guy will kind of lead the pitch and do the exposition and do the setup, and then and then we farm out jokes to people, and we farm out sections to people, yeah. And it keeps it like if you're listening to the pitch, it, it keeps you on your toes because you're it's a new voice, you know. You don't get you know sucked into you know listening to the same voice all the time and then someone can inject the energy of a joke which this was your turn yeah and in the f troop we pitch. were talking about uh you know a, a dude he's like he discovered a salt mine and then somebody else says salt mine what's a salt mine and then the first dude goes it's a hole in the ground with salt in it and it's mine <laughs> and and we would laugh our asses off we thought that was the funniest goddamn thing in the world but th- but it always went over well which is why it stayed do you think it went over well because we sold it so hard 
Like well, we did the voices and the gun shoot in there. Yeah, that but that's but that's part of it too. Like uh, like the selling of it. For instance, you know, even as recently as this week's Cheech and Chong pitches. Yeah, there are times where you're in a friendly room mm-hmm. or an easy room where people are just good laughers and it's a nice vibe. Yeah. Or in there are times where you go in and it's like either there's a ton of people or or you're pitching just like one person who maybe isn't in the best mood or ready to laugh or they don't have a great sense of humor. <laughs> and then what happens is you start to – it's a constant battle. You start to swallow your jokes. Your jokes, yeah. And like – It's like, like doing stand-up for a bad audience. It's exactly what it is. You know, sometimes you just – you pull back on it. Yeah, it is a performance. Half of it is you know what you're giving, and half of what the audience is giving. But what we found out was for that F true pitch that most of them were bad audiences without us knowing because mm-hmm. what we found out later, yeah. which was very disheartening, was that this particular guy who owned F Troop and and this he was a lawyer who who bought up all these rights to TV shows, pretty much had lawsuits against every single studio, yeah, uh, in town. Yeah, because what he would do is. If you uh, started to make a show that infringed on the rights of the prior TV show, he would sue you. Yeah. And he did that with the Duke's Hazard, and he did it with a bunch of... He, did with, like, he, he represented the Superman people. He represented yeah. everything. And so he basically had a lawsuit against everyone. And I remember sitting in Warner Brothers, well, so here's who he had multiple lawsuits against. But, but we didn't, we didn't <laughs> but know. But we didn't know. We didn't know. And so he's sitting across the table from the heads of studio who know that he's the guy who's suing them. Yeah. He's sitting against the table, across the table from producers on the lot who know that he's suing them. Bill Gerber. <laughs> yes, yes. Our friend Bill Gerber. And uh, and we don't know that. Yeah, Bill Gerber is the producer of Dukes of Hazard, and we want to attach him as a producer of F Troop. Yeah. That's why, so, chronologically, by the way, this is before, right before Dukes of Hazard has come out. Okay, so, so we're sitting across the table from these people yeah. not knowing that they hate the guy that we're with and then there's no chance in hell that they're going to buy this thing because they hate that guy. Yeah. And we put so much time and effort into it and we're shooting our guns in the air. Yeah. <laughs> do we know it's never going to happen. Well, what happened was, uh, do you remember, like, Jay was telling us that in the middle of the pitch, Billy Gerber slides a note over to him and says, this is the asshole that's suing us. <laughs> Like he didn't he didn't realize it for a moment. And then he was like, "Holy shit! This right. is the guy that's fucking serious on Dukes of right. Hazard." And then, as part of the, the Dukes of Hazard settlement, remember that lawyer uh, got tickets to the premiere of Dukes of Hazard, right? And we were all there, <laughs> and they had a little confrontation. They had a little confrontation. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh my god, yeah. there he is!" And then you know, Bill yeah. Gerber was like, "Oh my, god, I'm going to talk to him." Yeah, but um, we uh, we never sold that pitch though. Yeah, we that, never sold that pitch. No, we didn't sell that pitch. <laughs> and, you know, the world was conspiring against us. Yeah. Although, but I mean, we, you know, there were plenty that we did. Although I loved the salt mine joke. Great salt mine joke. And, and it's, as you look back and see, I think we learn, like, I think we make an effort not to go that far anymore. Because there's a point where you dark out a little bit. <laughs> although, I, like, I, I, like, you know, it's like, I don't want to get too off track because I know there's an order to yeah, some of the stuff we sure. want to talk about. Um, so I'm going to defer to you. Yeah. But uh, I do. Remember a funny thing about uh, that pitch? Yeah, was like there wasn't it? There was like one. We went in and we pitched the whole thing. Yeah, and then uh, to and the guy who owns it, to the guy we pitched our take to them. Yeah, but like the company there, is that we about? There was one studio we went. We pitched the whole thing to. And yeah, we, and we were, I was like, I'm gonna play the Larry, uh, the Larry Storch guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Agarn. Yeah, he's the crazy one. <laughs> right. And you were gonna play like the. The which character was it? Uh, I was going to be the Sarge. The Sarge, yeah. And then Stolhansky was going to be Ken the Berry Ken Barry. Yeah. 
And uh, I think Jay was going to be an Indian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was going to be the head of the Indians. A Native American. A Native American. An Indian, Indian as a Native American. Yeah. And then we did the, we did the whole thing. Yeah. And then afterwards, the executive was like, this is great. We'll get uh, – we can get Ben Affleck. Yeah, to play Kevin the, James. Yeah, to we'll play, play the, the, uh... yeah, the Sarge guy. And we'll play that. And we're like, I don't know if you've been listening to what we've been saying, but we're, we're yeah. going to play these. And he was like, oh, 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 oh. okay. And then one of his one of his cronies who was like, no, 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 that's them. They're playing the guys. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. And then he seemed disappointed. Yeah. And then he wasn't into it anymore. <laughs> he didn't like it so much. Yeah. But no, we. I mean, we obviously we've had some successful pitches. I mean, we pitched all of the movies that we got made. You know, we pitched Super Troopers around town. Yeah. And that was fun because well, because nobody knew who we were then. You know, we yeah. hadn't, obviously hadn't made Super Troopers at that point. And I remember what we did is we had a we had a photo shoot. Remember that we did a photo shoot and we shot ourselves as cops. Yeah. Well, let's back let's back up a little yeah. bit. Um, we had George Clooney attached as our executive producer. Yeah. And uh, because his uh, Amy Cohen, who's still she's a, a co-producer on the film, yeah, was working with uh, Clooney, mm-hmm. and he said, if you can find a movie, a script that you can do for under five million dollars, we will produce it for you. Right. And so she found the script for Super Troopers, and so then because of of his power, he got us meetings with everybody in town. Yeah, and so and they said, let's make a big production out of this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they they set up the photographer, right? And we got like random cop uniforms, yeah. Not the one, you know, not the ones we ultimately wore, but like they're like, yeah. I can't remember. They're like dark brown or something. They're dark brown, they're yeah, as opposed to the light brown. Yeah, and we took those. We took pictures. Wore, wore fake, fake mustaches. Fake mustaches. And then we made a presentation. We brought it in uh, of us with the pictures and the description of our characters, and we made that pitch. Yeah, and that that was fun because those are the days like we. I think we weren't as skilled at pitching, but it was fun to do that because we had those different characters and we had a lot of funny. Like, remember there was that one time we were pitching. We had a big pitch day, yeah. And uh, Stalhansky brought like one of those like power drinks, yeah, like, but it was it was before like Monster, or, yeah, kind of or Red Bull, and they was those random ones you'd find in like GNC or something like that. Yeah, it was before the FDA, you know, got involved. It was, <laughs> yeah. They were like it was like carbo ripped force. It was ripped. Fuel, I think yeah. it was called, or something. There were a few. He had like a, he brought an assortment. Yeah, and they were in various de- like degrees of intensity, like ultra ripped fuel. Yeah, and we all chugged it before we went into the the first pitch of the yeah. day, and we were fucking flying. We yeah. were flying in those first few pitches, and then and then it re- like got out of our systems, and we all crashed. Yeah, it crashed hard. By the afternoon pitches. Yeah, we were just sitting. There. I remember it was like everyone was on coke. Like you're sitting there, and everyone's all at the edge of their seats, like fucking fired up. It was like you know, like some Chris Farley characters. Yeah, like I remember we'd be in there, and and we'd be like, we'd be telling them. We were like dorks who've just done cocaine yeah. for the first time who were like, I'm on coke. I'm on. I'm, I tried coke for the first time. We were like, holy shit, we chugged this uh, we ripped rip fuel. fuel. And we are jacked up. Yeah. They're like, do you guys want coffee? No, no, we're cool. We had rip fuel. Yeah. But then, and then they would say to us, they would say like, okay, like we'd give them the pitch, like we'd give them the script and everything. And they'd say, okay, and George is executive producing this. Yeah. And they're like, all right. And so what's the budget going to be? And we'd say $5 million. Right. And they'd say, okay, and who's directing it? And Jay would say, I am. And they'd say, and who is starring in it? And we'd say, we are. And they'd say, and is George um, going to be acting in this movie? And then Amy would say, no, no, he's not. And they'd go like, Okay. Okay, sure. All right. Then we'll get back to you. Good knowing you. Yeah. Remember that remember the one day we went yeah. for the pitch and we got in a car accident? On the yeah. Way there? Yeah. The uh We were all geared up. That's the thing, you get all geared up to go to your pitches and you're ready to go. Well we were in two cars. Yeah. And uh you and Jay and Stolhansky were riding with with Amy. Yeah, we were in front of you guys. We you were in front and, of us. You and Soda were riding together. Right? Yeah, I was driving. I was driving a Rav Four that I had subleased from a friend of a friend. Okay. And had you you had your driver's license at that point? Oh, or? I had my license. Okay, good. I was a good driver. Good. Okay. 
And uh, <laughs> we were pulled up at a red light. Yeah. And I remember looking it was on, on Crescent, I think. I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And uh, I looked up in the rearview mirror, and I saw a sob speeding towards my car. Yeah. And I just, I had time enough to go, oh fuck. Right. And this car, I, I, I could see the woman not even looking up. Yeah. And she just rammed right into the back of the Rav Four, right. totaled the, the car from hitting right. it from behind. We were in front of you. I think you hit we the hit our you car. Got, yeah, yeah, she smashed us forward into yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our airbags. Exploded! Yeah. Oh my god, we were sitting in that car looking back, and we saw those airbags pop. It's yeah, unbelievable. And immediately, it's like the there's smoke or like the powder from the airbags is in there. You can't. We couldn't breathe. Right. And couldn't open the door. Couldn't like because the door was jammed shut. Yeah. And you guys couldn't get the window down. We're so disoriented. And you guys came and like opened the doors from the outside. Yeah. And like we like coughed, gag out. Oh. Soder's face was all fucked up. Oh yeah, because it was a. Uh... You know, when those bags explode, there's a little hot, like, yeah. these little hot things that pop off it, you know what I mean, from the from the combustion of yeah. the bag exploding. And it landed right on his nose. Yeah. And it burned, like... Yeah, literally burned him. Burned his nose and is bleeding. He's bleeding on his nose. Because well, also the impact, frankly, it's like getting punched in the face. Yeah. Not hard. Yeah. Like a soft punch in the face, but, you like, you take it in the nose. Yeah, and it's shocking. Yeah. And so uh, we're sitting there, and we're trying to decide what to do, because you get this big pitch, you Yeah. Know? And uh, so I think Amy calls and was like, oh, we were a little fender bender. We're going to be a little late, but we'll be there. Yeah. And so we went into that pitch with Soder bleeding from the nose. Yeah. Because I think he was, was he the guy running the pitch or was he the, oh, uh, I think I might have been the guy running the pitch. Yeah. And, uh, but he, you know, he, he was integral and. Uh, yeah. He burned that. <laughs> yeah. Burned he was, he was all, nose. and his eyes were bloodshot. I came out of it Okay. You were fine. I, but, was fine. I mean, you know, you had to deal with the, the crunched car, but, you know. Yeah. Well, then it was like I had to call up the guy who I had only, like, met briefly when he subleased it to me illegally. <laughs> right. By right. sublease, it's not a legal thing. <laughs> sure, Like, sure. he was leasing a car. He just lent it to me because yeah. he had two cars. And uh, I was like, hey, man, um, I have some bad news. Like, I got rear-ended on Crescent Heights. And uh, he was really pissed off. <laughs> but the thing is, then there was no legal recourse because it's not like he could – he had – he had done something illegal to sure, let me have sure. the car, but it wasn't my fault. Yeah, and the insurance, I'm sure, took yeah. care of it. What do you give a shit? Uh, here's another funny thing I remembered about S- Super Troopers. Do you remember? I, I won't say the studio, okay, or the name of the executive. Yeah, but it was a big studio. Yeah, and a big executive. And one of the things that we did was to roll an enormous joint. <laughs> well, we found out that this guy smoked pot. Yeah, this executive. Yeah. And uh, we rolled an enormous joint, and we, and we wrote Super Troopers on the side of it. Right. And we presented it to him in the pitch. But was it, I can't remember that, was it like a clandestine presentation, like a handshake? No. Or was it like... No, we made a big deal out of it. <laughs> and like, his sidekicks were like, uh, you know, they were laughing about it. He's like, okay, yeah, I know, I know. He's like, okay, I'm going to be thinking about your movie this week. <laughs> and we're like, that's the idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, that was Why great. the fuck don't we do that more often? That was great. We should do that... Actually, now we can, by the way. Because... Oh, the Cheech and Chong thing? Yeah. Tell the story about uh, when we were pitching them. So oh, yeah. we're, we're – well, I'll set it up. We're, 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 we're... Jay is, was approached to get involved with the Cheech and Chong movie and, yeah. and we're working to with Jay to, to direct it. And he asked if we would help – if we would write it. And so we, we've been coming up with different Cheech and Chong ideas with, with them, the guys themselves, which is totally exciting yeah. to work with those guys. And it's fun and uh, to see them in action. And, but l- uh, l- let me just correct something you said. Yeah, yeah. We actually – at the beginning, we didn't, we didn't work with them. Right. We 
we came up with an idea on our own, and then we and they had an ideas. Yeah, yeah. We since have met with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, and then right. we met with them to right. discuss. So we we go to the the office of their uh, managers. Yeah, and we <laughs> sit down at this big conference table, and there's the reps are there, and it's me, you, and Jay, and it's Cheech and Chong, some of Cheech and Chong's people. Yeah. And really exciting because you know here it is, we're sitting around talking. Well, with these let's guys. just let's just say. You know we're we're fans of theirs. We yeah. grew up watching their movies, so yeah. it's it, yeah. same as you would react if you knew you were going to meet Cheech and Chong. You're like, holy shit, we're going to meet Cheech and Chong. You tell all your friends, yeah, and they're like, no fucking way. Or people call you while you're on your way. What are you doing right now? You're like going to meet Cheech and Chong. Like, no fucking way. That's fucking awesome. And you're a little nervous, yeah. And then you know you you meet them, and they're awesome dudes, yeah. Like they're hilarious. They're just as you'd imagine them, yeah. Like Chong is exactly as you'd imagine him. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know we were like uh, we were just batting ideas around. We weren't necessarily all on the same page, not in disagreement. No, no, but just people had different ideas of what they wanted to do, and that's typical. Cool. That's it typical early, of the collaborative the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like everyone brings their own shit, but then it's like sometimes if everybody is is properly prepared, then you've got like well thought out ideas across the board, yeah. and nobody's going to back off immediately. Sure, sure, sure. And so it's like you're trying to anyway. Like uh, so, I threw out the novel. Well, I, so so what happened was everyone was kind of uh, throwing out different ideas, and people weren't necessarily on the same page. We're trying to get on the same page, and yeah. you thought you would cut through the bullshit. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I have a radical idea. Maybe uh, the the five of us, meaning you know, also away from the reps. <laughs> so Cheech and Chong, and then but Ke- you didn't say that Kevin, okay. Jay, and I. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> you said we should all. That's what you I said. said maybe we should all, um, you know, get high together and just. Uh, you know, throw some ideas around. And I thought that was going to be well-received. <laughs> and what did Cheech say? <laughs> he said, not going to happen, bro. Yeah. And, uh, and he, just, then, he just shot it down goes, so hard in front of everyone in the room. He's like, not going to happen, goes, bro. Not going to happen, bro. And then Chong immediately goes, why not, man? <laughs> and like turns, and we've been laughing about that for days. Like, not going to happen, bro. Why not, man? Like, it Chong was, loved the idea yeah, as it was, it was coming out of my mouth. funny... Uh, Thing that you got shot down, and then Chong tried to yeah. support you, and then. But in Cheech's defense, now it's not like he wasn't. Oh, he didn't know jerk. the fuck you are, man. He, he we've just met. Are. We've yeah, just yeah. met, and we've had that situation yeah. where writers are pitching us, and they're like, "Why don't we? Maybe we should hang out." We're like, "Not going to happen, yeah. bro." And you and think about it, like how many people say that to Cheech and Chong? Everybody. Yeah, and you're like, "Nah, right? Nah, and, fuck off." And that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, I I I wasn't mad about. it. I was just shocked that it like that because. It doesn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen to me. Yeah, it people was, ask it me. It was to get personal. Out. That was fucking personal. Yeah, but Chong, but the, but then Chong, but Chong was all into the idea. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a, also the fun thing about pitching uh, with celebrity people and stuff. You know, you end up with funny situations. Yeah. Like I was thinking about the Michael Clark Duncan. Can I tell that? Can we move on? Do it. Okay. I was thinking about the Michael Clark Duncan. Because uh, uh, well, may he rest in peace. May he rest. The in great peace. Michael Clark Our Duncan. Our good friend. Yeah, and. Uh, but we finished shooting the slam and salmon, and uh, we had such a great time on it, and uh, and and we had debated the idea of maybe turning it into a TV show. And Mike was totally into the idea because he wanted to do TV, and he th- loved the character, and we all thought it lent itself really well to a TV show. Mm-hmm. And so um, he said, I, "I would love to do it." And so we put together this pitch. Yeah. And so now the thing is, we've already shot the movie, right? Now you go around and you pitch. The TV idea, yeah, and uh, nobody's seen the movie, but we have footage, so now we can bring the footage with us, and that's what we would do. We would go into the room with Mike, and we show a clip from the movie, and say, "Here's the da da da," and you lay out the characters and all this kind of thing. And so um, I remember, but, but the thing about Mike is that Michael Clark Duncan was kind of a wild card. Yeah, he 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 was a different guy. He was a different kind of guy 
who liked to fuck with you, mm-hmm. but not necessarily let you know that he was fucking with you. Yeah. Which is hard from a six foot six, 300 pound dude. Yes. Like that scares the shit out of you. <laughs> yes. Like one of his, one of his favorite games to play was, uh, can you defend yourself? <laughs> right. And right. he would, you know, he, he never played that game with us, but he would tell us about times where he was in room in rooms with executives where they said something that he well, made. He played that game with us. Did, he played that game while I was directing him. Did he? Yeah. Like, you'd be directing him and say, I think, you know, maybe if you tried it this way, blah, blah, blah. And then he would just stare at you, and you'd go, can you defend yourself? And you're like, what, what do you mean? He goes, if I were to attack you right now, could you defend yourself? What do you mean, Mike? <laughs> serious? You know, he would pull that. And he'd, make, and he'd make you answer him. Right. Like, and make you think he was serious. Yeah. Because he's a good actor. Yeah. The can you defend yourself Yeah, thing. but the can you defend yourself with you was a nicer version than the one he would do with executives. Right. Because right. at least he'd let you know, ultimately, right. that he was joking. Whereas but with that's executives... A, so that's, that's what happened in the story. Yeah. But, like, we got to, to this... We had d- done a bunch of the pitches. And like I said, you know, after you do, you know, five or six, sometimes it gets a little rote. And um, Mike was kind of like, you know, I think we should... We got to... I think we got ABC. ABC. We got to ABC yeah. that morning. And Mike's like, I think we should mix it up today. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, Mike, because we've worked with him enough now that we know mix it up for him means, yeah, means let's get means, crazy. Yeah, do some fucking shit. And so he's like, I think, um, I think what should happen is I should get mad at you guys and then storm out of the room and we'll have an incident. And uh, then people will appreciate the character of the Slamming Salmon. I right. think I think your voice needs to be lower for this impression. Of the slam and salmon. Of the slam and salmon. I can't go that yeah, just loud. Just say Quiznos to get into Quiznos. it. Quiznos. Okay, go. Cheesy fondue. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he said, you know, I, I think I think we should uh, mix it up. So anyway, so we're like, no, Mike, you know what? Let's not. Let's just stick with it. We got a good pitch going. It's fun. People are liking it. Let's just, you know, whatever. So we get into the room with the ABC execs, and you know, they were, you know. Uh, I don't want to say they were timid, but they were not aggressive people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was kind of like a group of people sitting there who it's in the morning and they don't look like they would, you know, match up well against Michael Clark Duncan, right? No, he they couldn't defend <laughs> themselves. Right. So anyway, so we're sitting there and we're going through, going through the pitch and all of a sudden Mike turns, I'm doing the pitch part, whatever. Well, and just, it's yeah. actually in the TV world, most of the executives are women. Yeah. So it's actually, it's a lot of women in the room. There were a lot of women in the room. Yeah. And you're sitting on couches in a big room, and there's probably 10, 12 people in the room between them and us, and I'm doing my pitch, and in the middle of it, Mike stopped me, and he's like, you never respected me through the making of that movie. Mm. And I'm I'm like, what, Mike? (laughs) He's like, you just disrespected me the whole time during the making of that movie, and I never appreciated it from any of you guys. And you're like... Okay, and now in my mind, I'm like, there's that second of like, is he being serious? And then you realize he's doing it. Yeah, he's, he's doing it. He, the mix-up is happening. Yeah, he's he didn't listen to us, and he's doing it. Mm. And it escalates to him yelling at us, and he's like, he stands up, and he's like, you guys never respected me. You uh, you didn't treat me well. Blah blah blah. He's screaming at us. He turns, he walks out of the door, and he slams the door behind him. And it's like one of those deals where like the whole room shakes. Yeah. And all these executives have sunk about a foot down into their chair further, mm-hmm. and their jaws are open. Yeah, because you know? he's terrifying. He's fucking terrifying, and he's yelling. Yeah. And he storms out. 
And so now there's this moment of like us with an awkward, like, <laughs> yeah, well, um, like trying to explain that he's just kidding and expecting him to walk back into yeah. the room smiling and laughing his ass off. But by the way, we're rattled too. Yeah, absolutely. Because like when he, when he looks at you in the eye and is like, what are you laughing at? You know, like you're trying to, I remember each of us would try to intervene a little bit and yeah. be like, be like, well, anyway, like to get back on track and be like, what do you mean get back yeah. on track? Now you're disrespecting me. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not. Right. So we're sitting in that room, and now we're just waiting. Because he's part of the pitch. We're waiting to come back into the room yeah. and say, ha, 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 it was one big joke. Never comes back. He yeah. never comes back. Yeah. And we start to realize that he's not coming back, and so we just go through with the pitch. We just do the pitch. And then after, it's like, okay, thanks very much, everybody. Yeah. And we get out, and like our manager's with us. He's like, where the fuck did he, what happened there? Where the fuck did he go? So I call Mike, and I'm like, Mike, where the fuck are you, man? He's like, I'm on the 101. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm driving home. And they're like, Mike, when you do a joke, you're supposed to like come back and puncture it, like walk back in the door and go, ha, 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 just kidding. And he's like, oh, that would be too easy. Yeah. And then he just kept fucking driving home. Yeah. And there <laughs> he was, never broke it. No, he never broke it. Although there was, I remember there was one executive who was sitting outside who did say that Michael Clark Duncan slammed the door and then came out and like, like leaned over and started hitting on like <laughs> like a receptionist for like five minutes. I was like, "How you doing, baby?" And then, All right, take it. Like got and her number and, and then took off. Yeah, yeah. That was um, that was scary. That was ridiculous. Those are the wild cards. Yeah. By the way, uh, no sale. There case, was no sale in case anybody was interested. There was no sale. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Also, it's like you know you sometimes uh, realize that they're sizing you up just to see if they want to work with you. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when you have someone do that kind of thing, it doesn't really work out. Yeah. But that's all right. I wouldn't trade that. I mean, that was a that was one of the fine pitch moments. Yeah. Um, one of those other fine pitch moments I was thinking about, we talked about a little bit, was that uh, the Miramax pitch, the cat pitch. Remember that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Mickleberry. Mickleberry. We were, uh, we were developing Super Troopers at Miramax, and um, this is, you know, with Harvey Weinstein and his executives. And uh, we had a good relationship with them. We were having a good time, and, and they wanted to try to work with us a little bit more. And um, so one day, one of the executives said to us that they had bought the rights to this Italian movie. Yeah. And it was called El Gato. Yeah, no, no. It was, it was The Tall, The Short, The Cat. Okay. How, how do you say that in Italian? Like, what's the... Uh, I don't I don't know. It was something, something, something El Gato. Because there was a tall guy, <laughs> right. there was a short guy, right. and then the cat. And basically it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was kind of a goofball, screwball Italian comedy, kind of like Home Alone, where these robbers are trying to break into this woman's house and the cat, she has a cat, and the cat is like thwarting them at everything, no. right? No. It's not? That's not what it was about? No, no. The okay. plot of the movie was, no, no, no. Here it is. Here it was is. that this woman, rich woman, yeah. has a cat, and then these two guys who are her two servants. No, I thought they were like. Hold on. Okay, okay. And she, uh, she dies, and, and oh, she she treats the cat like it's the fucking king of the world. Right. Sure. Right. And these guys hate the cat. Right. And then she dies, and they literally punt the cat out of the house. <laughs> right, okay. And they get to the will reading, and the will reading leaves everything to, to the cat. The cat. Okay. okay. And they I'm glad can, you're around. And they can have all the money if they treat the cat well. Right. But they have no cat because they punted it out the, the door, so they've got to go get the cat. <laughs> right, okay, okay. And so that's the thing is them actually looking for the cat. Oh, okay. And chasing after the cat, and they're always so close, and then the cat is thwarting it in that way. The cat stops them. Well, because the, yeah, they can never catch the cat. Right, okay. And, uh, yes, so... Okay, okay. So, so they say... Right, so it's a screwball of comedy, and we they give us the movie. They give you the movie yeah, and say, now, go watch what it. What has happened is probably we were thinking it was like it came over in a package deal. Yeah. Uh, I, 
from the uh, from the people who had done uh, Life is Beautiful. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so here's this property. We want. Yeah, you can remake it in the American version. Yeah. And so um, they give us the movie, and we watch it. And uh, now hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're details. Go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, they they said, listen, uh, we don't know what to do. Well, with well, it. That's, I was going to say after we watched it. Okay. Then we had a conversation with them about it. Okay. Didn't we? No, it happened first. They said. Okay. Okay. They said, "Here's a." I mean, it doesn't really matter. They, yeah, they said, okay. "Here's the here's the movie." Right. We don't know what the fuck you can do with it. Yeah, but Harvey wants to do something with it. Yeah, it's a contractual thing, and all we know is it's got to be about the cat. There's got to be a right. cat in it, and we don't care. You can, you, we don't care what you, you can do. Tell the story. You can put the cat on the moon. Yeah. You can do anything with the cat. Yeah, and we uh, we're as the writers, we're trying to look for parameters to come up with our take on it. You know, it's like. Or how much do you want to keep from the original movie? Like, you know, uh, where do you want to go? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and that's what they said to us. They just said a blanket, like, I don't know. It has to have a cat. You put the cat in space. I don't know. Whatever you come up with. Yeah. And so we go back to our office, Mm -hmm. which we were in New York at the time, and we're like, okay. And we just... I'm just going to monitor your telling of this Do it, do it, because I I, I don't claim to have the greatest memory in the world. I I remember this pretty well. But I remember... Uh, uh, back at that office. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we were batting around. The, go, do do it. Do it. So you do the story. <laughs> then you tell, it, you tell it. So we came up with a few different ideas. Yeah. Yep. And one of them was literally we were going to put the cat on the moon in space. Right. We said, but that right. was the big idea because people were like, right? I mean, that was the main idea because we were like, oh, cat in space. That's an interesting idea. There was another idea. There was another idea. Okay. There was uh, – you have no recollection of this. I do. I do. Okay. Here's what you remember. Okay. Is we had always been fond of the name Mickleberry. No. This is where you're wrong. Okay. I'm going to tell you how that's okay. how they got that okay. name. Okay. We're sitting at that in our office trying to come up with the name of, of this movie. Yeah. And we decided to take a little break. Okay. Because the movie Black Dog, starring Patrick Swayze, was playing at the movie theater around the corner. Okay, here we go. You're right. Right? And the five of us went down- Did we smoke pot? To the movie theater. I don't know. The five (laughs) of us went to the movie theater- Definitely. uh, Middle of the afternoon to watch Black Dog, which is the Patrick Swayze trucking movie. Yeah. We were the only people in the movie. With meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're sitting there watching the opening credits, and the opening credits go up, and one of the guys' name in the opening credits, like the production designer or the casting person, whoever it was, was named Mickleberry. It was like Jim, like Mickleberry. Jim Mickleberry. Yeah. And we started laughing our ass off. That was the funniest name in the world. Imagine a dude named Mickleberry. Yeah. Like, that's what you call him. That's his last name. You call him Mickleberry, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, that's a great name for our cat. Yeah. And so we decided to call the cat in the movie, whatever movie we made, was going to be Mickleberry the cat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we went back to work. Yeah, and so we came up with uh, a number of different plots. Because he said, pitch, pitch me a bunch of different ideas. Yeah. And so we came up with the Mickleberry in space. Right. Mickleberry in space. Which is a great idea. It is a great mm-hmm. idea. We had uh, Mickleberry, like, runs a business. Right. <laughs> and, and he was the CEO he, of a company he was the CEO with of, humans. Yeah. Right. And... Uh, and now I'm trying to remember, like the uh, the space one. There was another one, and this might have been the plot of the space one. Yeah, was that uh, Mickleberry is like somebody? The rumor there's a rumor that Mickleberry can speak. Yeah, that the cat could speak. Right. And then everyone wanted to meet this talking cat, but it was like, but only if he liked you. Okay. Right. And so then, like all these like uh, like luminaries and dignitaries would want to take meetings with Mickleberry the cat. Right. And they'd go in and meet and with Mickleberry. kiss his fucking ass. But he wouldn't speak to them. <laughs> right. But then they'd come out and be like, they'd be embarrassed that he didn't speak to them. <laughs> right. And so they'd come out and, they, and they'd say, oh, yeah, we spoke. Right. And, then, and just perpetuate the rumor that Mickleberry was this talking cat. Right. I don't know if that was what got... That's what the, spa- the space one was similar, but it was more of like the rumor gets started. It's, you know, based on the dog they sent in space yeah. and the monkey they sent in space. Like, yeah. 
we have an astronaut that's a cat yeah. in the United States, and we're going to send this cat into outer yeah. space. And then the the Chinese and the Russians get all got all worked up, and they're like, "We need to put a cat in space first. Yeah, the cat space program. Yeah. So these are the three. These are the three plots. There's Mickleberry in space. There's Mick, there's business corporate Mickleberry. Yeah. And then there was Mickleberry super genius. Yeah. That was like, uh, oh, you know what? There was I can't. There was more of a plot twist on the genius. There one. May, but we never pitched. We only pitched the space one. No, no. We pitched. We pitched uh, multiple. We pitched multiple. I promise okay. you. Okay. Because uh, we didn't sell any of them. No, I know that. <laughs> but so anyway, right? We go back in there and we work out the pitches, and then and then uh, that morning we go to pitch, and Soder doesn't show up. Well, now, but Soder <laughs> was the pitchman. <laughs> he was right. Soder was the pitchman. Right. And, and so for Soder had like a doctor's appointment, and he didn't show up. Right. And so uh, right, he was he was stuck we, at the doctor's appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, and so we go to that pitch meeting. And we're like, they're like, all right, let's see what you got. And the first one we pitched was the space one. Yeah. We're like, okay, Mickleberry in space. Yeah, we're like, you, we you know how you said that we could put um, the cat on the moon? Okay, so that's what we did. It's called <laughs> Mickleberry in space. And he's part of the space program. And we did a whole song and dance on it. And they, we finished and they just looked at us. Yeah. And then and there was a silence. And then finally the guy was like, you know, when we said put a cat in space... We didn't really mean put a cat in space. Yeah, but we had other ideas. Yeah, and we pitched them all of them. Yeah, and it they just all bombed. But here was the here was the problem. Yeah, the reason right out out of the gate we were fucked because mm-hmm. um, Soder was the pitchman. Yeah, and he didn't show up. Right, right. And so, oh no, I know exactly what it was. Soder was supposed to pitch one of them. Yeah, Jay was supposed to pitch another one. <laughs> right, right. And so Jay came out. And, you know, you're supposed to, like I said, it's like you come out when you pitch and you say, okay, uh, just to tell you what the movie's about, it's about these five guys who uh, go to uh, Oktoberfest and right, get kicked right, out right, of the competition. Right. Anyway, so he comes out, and instead of saying it's about a cat who runs a business, he starts out with, uh, so, uh, we uh, decided uh, to name the cat Mickleberry. <laughs> and the way we arrived at the name of Mickleberry uh, was that we were watching uh, Black Dog, the Patrick Swayze trucker movie, uh, and we liked the name of one of the producers. His name was Jim Mickleberry. Uh, and so we named the cat Mickleberry. And by they already the executives' like eyes are glazed right. over. But he told the story of how he came up with the name Mickleberry right. for the cat. Right. Went off book. Yeah. Anyway, no sale. No sale. We and and in fact, it might have just ruined us at Miramax. It did, it really hurt our because I don't think they gave us any other uh, potential. No, that was it. <laughs> that was our that was our trial run. Yeah. No, we have, that was the only opportunity we got. We, yeah. we failed. That's and that's the moral of the story is go in there with a movie that you think they might make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they if they want to give you a project, then go in there. Yeah, but we developed Super Troopers with Miramax. We did, we did. I mean, that that was why we you know that was why we were there in the first thing. place. But there are plenty of other uh, uh, times where we pitched that like I feel like um, maybe pitching that cat. In space was out of our wheelhouse a little bit. That we, maybe we've been there out of our there, wheelhouse a lot. There were several out of our wheelhouse pitches because, I mean, what happens is y- you get pigeonholed into certain things, and we're comedy guys. And so when you when you when you go outside of that place, you know, you're you run into some obstacles where people don't necessarily think you can do what you're trying to tell them yeah. you can do. And it's funny because often, you know, first what we do is we. We pitch our representatives. This, yeah. this is a step that we forgot to tell you about. Like when we have an idea for something, we will go to our managers and our agents and say, here's the idea. And then Get they tell us – Yeah, and they tell us whether or not they think it's a sellable idea. And really what they say makes little or no difference to us because we're still going to say, okay, but we're going to pitch it. Yeah. So like we will – you know, like for instance, Kevin and I uh, had a funny idea we thought where uh, 
we wanted to play uh, gay husbands. Right, right. And, it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Right. But we, but For we, a TV show. We wanted to put a little twist on it. I don't want to say what it is because okay. we still might pitch this. Sure. Maybe not. Sure. I think we might be done. No, no, you never know. Okay. But so we pitched our manager the idea. It was, and Kevin and I were husbands. Right. And it was like, but it was going to be like... Um, I don't even know if I can go into it because I yeah don't I mean just leave it at that okay there you go and uh, and he and our manager was like no and he our manager's a big TV producer he was like no nah, <laughs> no and, and he's like you can't no one it won't fly you as gay guys yeah. like you, you know the gay community will be outraged and we're like what about Liberace yeah. what about Liberace we're like that's uh, Michael Douglas and Matt Damon and they're not gay in real life yeah and he's like okay but they're a list movie stars yeah oh yeah and we're right. like well you know what so what fuck you what's your problem but he was saying what you need to do is you need to get a gay producer yeah so. Which is really kind of fucked up, because if we want to tell a funny story, I mean, that's, that's the thing in, in Hollywood, that they, you need cover. Well, it's like, but, but also, like, then what you're saying, there was a, a brilliant point that Jared Leto actually made after uh, Dallas Buyers Club, yeah. when somebody said, you're not transgender, you don't understand what it's like to play that role. He said, so does that mean that, like, transgender actors and gay actors can't play straight parts? Right. You right. know, he's like, now you're cutting, like, all of your community off from straight roles. Right. Which is a good point. Sure, 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 sure. But anyway, without but getting too but, heavy but regardless, that. I mean, that's just what you run up against. Like, yeah. you you want to go pitch that, and that's what happens, you know? Yeah. But that was the thing. It's like, we wanted to tell a story that didn't focus on the sexuality. It was right. just the characters were gay, but it's still... We just want to play husbands. Because <laughs> you and I t- tour all over the place right. together. And we are work husbands. Yeah, it's like a married couple. Yeah, it's like on Sundays when we're coming back from the road, we don't talk to each other. We're like, <laughs> you know... All right. We can finish each other's sentences sure. sometimes. Anyway, so... He said, our manager said, you know, find some gay producers and uh, see if they can give you cover. Yeah. yeah. So a, a, we did a, a couple of weeks later, <laughs> <laughs> we pitched, you know, we had had a meeting with a guy who he actually pitched us an idea. He yep. said, hey, you know, my cousin is gay and he's got this great idea for a TV show um, about him and, and his partner. And he pitched us the, the idea. And I was like, you know what? Heffern and I actually have an idea that's pretty similar to this. Why don't we? And we were looking to hook up with, with somebody who could give us some credibility. And he said, that's perfect. And so we, we met up with these guys. Right. And uh, and <laughs> it seems as though our manager may have been correct. Because those guys told us what we didn't know about. Yeah. About being gay. Yeah. And our and then we're like, oh, he can't win. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> we went in there. They were just like looking at us. Yeah. You know, and it was every- like, they were like, what do you know about this topic? Yeah. Like, how can you do this? And it's like, oh, okay, fine. If this, yeah. is, how, if this is what we're running into here. Then we had another, we had another one. Another fish out of water one? Well, I know, like, I've pitched animation before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go in there, and if you've never pitched animation before, then they tell you what you don't know about animation. Yeah. Right. This is, this is why your movie will never work. Yeah, because what do you know about it? Yeah, there's that kind of thing. I pitched I pitched an action movie to my agent. Yeah, and he said, and before I was even done with it, he's like, "It'll never sell." And I said, "Why not?" And he said, "Because you don't do action." I was like, "But I want to." He's like, "But doesn't matter. They won't buy it from you." Yeah, I said, "But it's a good idea." He's like, "So s- sell to somebody else." I did that for um, NPR. I pitched some things to NPR, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, so what did you pitch to NPR? They're just, they just they want to do some comedy essays kind of thing. Yeah. And so uh pitched a couple of them and uh a friend of mine works there and, and uh her boss took a look at the material and said I wasn't edgy enough for NPR. Mm, yeah. Apparently I'm not edgy enough. You for haven't NPR. done anything edgy in your in your career, Kev. <laughs> you haven't done a single I'm not edgy thing. Edgy enough for NPR. What are they looking for? Like uh I don't know. I guess some hardcore they want the nuge. and sucking, I They guess. want the nuge. <laughs> they want some nuge type Because I've done, they can look at my movies and, 
Yeah. There's some edgy shit in that stuff, man. Yeah, but they don't know that. Not for them, though. Yeah. We've pitched uh, uh, kind of urban movies. Yeah. And we're not urban. A couple of times. Yeah. Um, we had a we had a great one. We wanted to do uh, Black Star Trek. Yeah. We called it Black Attack. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we we almost got laughed out of the oh room. Oh my god! On that one. We pitched we pitched that hard, yeah. and it was oh, it's a funny movie though. It is a funny, super movie. funny movie. And we we pitched the shit out of it, and yeah. uh, they just threw us out of the room. Yeah, because we're not black. Yeah, well, that's exactly. It. And then there was we we pitched a number uh, another movie called Number One with a Bullet. Yeah. Which was, uh, you know, it's, it was basically about, it was about a rapper who sees the success, the posthumous success of um, Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls. Yeah. And, real, and sees how giving many, away all our good ideas, Lenny. Yeah. Well, we wrote that one already. We right. sold that. Right. So we own it. Right. Uh, so you can't rub <laughs> us off. But, uh, and now I've copyrighted again on air. <laughs> right. But, uh, but anyway, so this rapper fakes his own death and his album starts selling like crazy. But he can't enjoy the success because he's supposed to be dead. Right. And so we went in and we pitched our manager that. And so then he brought an African-American executive for us to pitch the, that to. Right. Talk about swallowing your jokes. <laughs> We're, you know, like we but, – right. but we actually wound up selling the script. We did. But those are those funny moments where you, you have jokes in your pitch – and then you get into the room and you realize that some of the people sitting across the table with you maybe are in the category of the people that you're joking about. The butt of your joke. Like let's say uh, you have a joke about a woman and you end up pitching all women and then you start to feel guilty that maybe you were crossing the line yeah. of making a joke. Or like I remember we did a pitch – we did a movie called – we did a pitch about a guy who joined a Mexican biker gang. Yeah. Like, a, like it's like a Will Ferrell white guy joins a Mexican bar- biker game. Yeah. And a lot of the jokes are – well, Mexican all, biker jokes. And it was just the entire pitch was just us speaking in funny Mexican accents. You know, like, where'd you learn how to ride a bike, essay? <laughs> and like, and, and being like crazy. It was just supposed to be, it was just biker gang is really what it was. Right. We just, we liked the title and so we made it Mexican biker gang. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember we went in and we pitched a Mexican executive. <laughs> And we were like, well, let's just go all the way with this thing. <laughs> right. And he was laughing. Like, right. we had a great rapport with the guy. He was laughing. And at the, I remember at the end of it, he was like, is it borderline racist? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we don't mean it to be. We don't mean it to be. For those of those moments where you're sitting there and you, have to call, you think about whether you need to call an audible in the middle of your pitch. Yeah. You know? It's, it's um, I feel like we have, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's when you're trying to mix up your cast. And, like, yeah. a TV show is really where you run into it because you're like, okay, we, it can't just be, like, a bunch of white guys. Right. You know, like, and now this is in, also in a different world. Like, you and I have pitched a lot of TV away from Broken Lizard. Yeah. So it's like, we'll pitch, okay, we've got the two of us. You got to throw a little diversity. We're the there. white guys. Yeah. Like, we, we pitched a bit. You're, uh, you're Latino, though, bro. I know, but, like, nobody realizes that. But they do. They do. Yeah. But then it's, but <laughs> the Latin thing isn't really where we get into trouble. It's, like, when we talk about, like, like the, the sassy heavy set African American woman. Okay, right. You know, like surely from what's happening. Right. And then it's like and you've got like you're like and she'll talk like this and you know like <laughs> right. like like Cherry uh uh from Beer Fest. From Beer Fest. Right. Monique, right. Monique. Right. And then you go in and there's like a heavy set African American right. woman that you're pitching and you're right. like, oh, oh shit. Fuck. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, or like so I'm I'm sure that I know it's happened with Asian characters before. Yeah. yeah. Like where we have like a funny Asian character. Right. And then we go, and there's an Asian. Right. And you, and I think most of the time, it doesn't cross the line, but you think in your mind, like, God, am I crossing the fucking line yeah. here? 
Or, you know, like something even with, with the Cheech and Chong pitch yeah. that I realized. And this hap- it happens all the time in TV pitches, like I said, because they're, they're mostly female executives. Yeah. Where it's like you've got a womanizing character or you're going to tell a sex story or it's like you're like – and then Cheech nails all these women. Yeah. And you go in there and you're like, oh my god, it's all women. And then – and you don't mean anything no, by No, you it. don't. You don't. Like I remember one of the big pitches that we had, uh, which I remember, was when we pitched The Dukes of Hazard. Oh, Yeah. And the big issue for the Dukes of Hazard movie is that um, you know the, the the show's made in the seventies, and and the iconic thing from that movie is the car. It's the General Lee, right? It's the Dodge Charger, and in the TV show, on the top of that car is the Confederate flag. Yeah, it's a part of that car, and it's a huge part of that car. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the. It's a lot of people find that offensive. Yeah, and 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 even more so since then. I mean, I mean, in and the seventies, and rightfully so. rightfully so, rightfully so. But now, as as guys who are trying to adapt that project, we're in. A, we have a problem. Like we're in a problem situation here. Yeah, because we have to figure out how to put that flag. Either take the flag out, which has been made clear to us that we should not do. Yeah. Uh, or figure out how to make the flag work. Well, because the funny thing too is that like while the uh, movie is in pre pre production, like yeah. in the writing stage. You know, people know that this thing is is getting ready to yeah. go, mm-hmm. and it's and what everybody was talking about was that flag. What are they so going like, to do with that flag? You're looking at all the press releases about yeah. all this thing. It's like what what's going to happen with the flag? And somehow that comes down on us. Come on us, and so we came up with what we thought was a great fucking idea yeah. how to how to take care of that. Yeah. And uh, and we thought about it for a long time and different ways to do it. And so part of our pitch back to them was what you do is, you know, in the script, what happens is a car gets wrecked, Cooter fixes their car, and then Cooter puts the flag on the car, right? And so our decision was, here's what we do. If we make Cooter black, make the character of Cooter black, and he does it as a joke to fuck with those guys, yeah, then that kind of solves your problem because it's... It's not racist. It's a ra- it's a joke played by a black guy. Yeah. On white guys. Yeah. Right. Boom. There it is. Yeah. We're thinking that's a fucking great. That's a great. We did it. We solved it. Yeah. And we went in there to the Warner uh, Brothers office. We sucked our own dicks hard on we that. Did. We did. We did. That's a great idea. Yeah. Cooter's a black guy. Yeah. And so we went in there and we sat down and we pitched that to Warner Brothers and the executive's face just dropped and he stood up and he walked out of his office. And he had a, a, a door at the end of his office. He had a bathroom attached to his office. He went into the bathroom, and we're just sitting there looking at each other. Didn't say a word. Goes into the bathroom, closed the door. We hear the toilet flush. He walks back out again, and he's holding his stomach, and his <laughs> face looks white. And we're like, is there a problem? Is there something wrong? He goes, you just pitched me making the character of Cooter black. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, great fucking idea, right? He goes... Do you understand the fans of this show and the and that character and you know the the franchise of this thing and you want us to do that? And we're like, yeah. He's like, not gonna happen. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Our idea, our idea made him vomit. <laughs> our idea. He said, I think I'm gonna be sick. Yeah. I can't. I can't bring this to the to the people who own this franchise. Yeah. And so we realized that we were in trouble and yeah. that we had to. Come up with another pitch yeah. on what to do. But that, that executive is a great executive. Love the guy. We love the guy. We pitched him many times, and you know we won't say his name, but he's also a very hard pitch. He's a very hard pitch. He's known in the industry as being a very hard pitch because he has a very uh, blank face when you're pitching him. Yeah, a mellow, almost sleepy face. A mellow demeanor. 
And the funny thing is, uh, uh, Soder uh, often we, uh, we mix up who is the guy who's the head pitcher, you know. And so Soder also has a, a little bit of that like. He'll take. He'll feed off the vibe of the person he's pitching. Yeah. And when whenever we pitched him, whenever Soder pitched him, it would never. It was never. It never went well. But what you know what ha- Soder's got an interesting thing because when Soder, when a pitch isn't going well and Soder's the pitch man, Soder gets sleepy. And so when you know when the executive was looking sleepy and and Soder was getting sleepy, it was right. it could be a very sleepy pitch. We used to actually say, like, it, here comes Soder versus this executive, like. You know, part three. Yeah. Every time we'd yeah, go in. It was always like a spectating thing. Yeah, and we'd watch. We'd enjoy it. Was it was so much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. Um, another pitch story. That executive actually fell asleep on me one time. Oh, in a pitch? Yeah, like I was pitching. That room, there's something about his office. It was a sleepy office. It was. Because I remember... It's a, couch, it's a couch pitch room. Yeah. We've talked about this. What you like yeah. to pitch in, you know? I prefer to pitch at a conference table, but you like to pitch at... Well, at I a, like... You like a stiff couch. I like a hard couch. Okay. I like the comfort and casualness of the couch. <laughs> yeah. Because then it makes me... Then I feel like I'm just hanging out. Right. And uh, a soft couch, like at Fox Television, they have really soft couches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just sink. You're like, you just, yeah, your, remember, knees yeah. are, your knees are higher than your head. Oh, yeah. I remember pitching uh, the old MTV pictures, and uh, by the end of the pitch, we were all like a foot deeper in a couch. Yeah. It was the sleepiest pitch I ever remember. Yeah. And, uh, but, but so this executive, I remember one time pitching him something, and I'm looking at him in the eye. He's looking at me in the eye, and his eyes are shutting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm talking right... We had the flip thing, though, right? Oh what about God. that story? That, that's, pitch, that's a fish-out-of-water thing. We, we, were, we were pitching a video game, right? We had people who wanted to make video game with us. Yeah. We, we, uh, a, big, a big video game Huge company. Huge video game company, yeah. We had an idea for a video game. Yep. And uh, we were actually... They, they're stationed in uh, Maryland, right? They were yeah. stationed in Maryland. We were headquarters were in Maryland. We were doing a, a broke, it was Broken Lizard was on tour. We were doing a show in Baltimore. Yeah. And so... We were going to take this time to uh, to meet this guy at this company and, and pitch this idea. Right. Earlier in the day, we had gone to the the Walter Reed Veterans Hospital. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and visited with some veterans and some some of the troops and the uh, and guys that were yeah know, j- just to you know to say hello and uh, you know give our support yeah and you know th- there's some pretty I mean that's the place where the most severely injured yeah. guys are yeah. And so you know, it's it's obviously it's for a great cause, but we came at it very drained. I mean, we're it was there. A, it was also yeah. I mean, it's like you feel te- you know you feel terrible for these guys, yeah, and the respect that you have for them, and it's it's you know, I mean, whatever. We're just fucking comedians, but it's it's a very emotional thing to do. It's powerful, and it was a very emotional uh, morning, you know. And it, we're all like sitting in the car driving, and we're like, oh my god, now you're gonna go pitch a fucking video game. <laughs> you know well, what that's I mean? what it is. We have to go to do this thing, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so. We were in our van, yep. and and then right when we pull up to the video game place, literally as we're turning in, right. uh, a person drives in their car and tries to squeeze between us and the uh, yeah. and where we're turning into. They smashed us. And we got into a car accident. Yeah, another car accident to a pitch. Yeah. And our, our buddy Phil, who was driving, he was like, all right, I'll deal with it. You guys go do the pitch. Yeah. You know? And so we go into the video game pitch, and uh, again, a thing that we're not, I mean, we're not video game pitchers. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you get dismissed for that when you're not in that yeah. thing. But these guys, we sat down in this uh, couch, soft couches. Yeah. And this afternoon, and it was a long morning, and it'd be a long, it was a long night the night before. Yeah. And uh, this guy just started talking about the. He just started to explain the video game process. But, like, to the. Us. 
he the got technical the, stuff. The nitty gritty. <laughs> right. And it went on for a yeah. long fucking Soup time. Soup to nuts. Like, explain to, and we were falling asleep. Like, literally, I looked around the circle of us, and most of us were like, either eyes closed or fighting to keep the eyes closed. Everyone had a little tactic used, like somebody had like a baseball cap on and pulled it down. And yeah. another guy like was resting his hand on his head and yeah. was hiding his thing. And yeah. I'm like pinching myself to keep myself from falling asleep. Yeah, and I'm fucking racking. And you know what mine was? Mine was I would talk. Yeah, no shit. To, to, to only prolonged it. To wake up. Well, because what <laughs> happened is he's he was saying stuff. I'm looking around and like, of all the guys who aren't supposed to fall asleep, you're the one who's not supposed to fall asleep. <laughs> I expect Soda to fall asleep. I expect Stolhansky to fall asleep right. for sure. Shanner Zagar is asleep when we walk in. Yeah, Shanner Zagar is asleep. I'm falling asleep. And so, and I see you're falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just falling asleep. I mean fucking eyes closed. Oh, yeah, like head nodding. For like yeah. 15 seconds. Yeah. And I'm, and it's happening. That's because you're sitting there, it's like, okay, I can do it for like 15 seconds and I'll just wake up. Yeah. And it's like you like look down, like you pretend you're thinking, you put your head down. And, stuff, and then. So I would ask him questions because then he'd stop talking and like look at us. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd try to ask him questions and it did prolong – it prolonged the meeting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at you like, I can't believe you're asking fucking questions. I just want the guy to stop talking. Yeah. Can't you see that everyone's asleep? I will. I needed some help then <laughs> transitioning out of it. I know. But that was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and then we did a show. And then we did a show that night. Yeah. Another funny pitch I remembered, not funny, I mean, whatever, but uh, unusual pitch was, um, uh, I'm going to protect all the names and, and, uh, and companies involved on okay. this one, but okay. uh, we were developing, uh, there was a certain kind of big actor who had a production company, yeah. and uh, we were developing a TV show yeah. uh, under the auspices of his company. Mm-hmm. Uh, his executive had an idea that fit us well, we really liked it, and so... We went and we put together this big pitch. Yeah. And uh, like, like you know, the traditional song and dance, uh, you know, 15 minutes, everyone does their thing. We got jokes. We got da, 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 And we spent a lot of time putting it together. And I think it was a pretty good pitch. And so we were going to go in for this executive and do the trial run. And so um, we had it at uh, – they were renovating their office. So we had it at their, at their agent's uh, office. Mm-hmm. And so we go over to the office and um, – we uh, we know that there was another female executive uh, that was on the team, and she had just moved on. She would moved on to a new job. So we're just going to pitch this guy that we knew. And so he walked in with um, – there was another woman with him with a notebook. And he introduced her. This is so-and-so, and she's the new executive at our company. Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay, great. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, she's a good-looking uh, uh, woman. Gal. Right? She's a good-looking lady. Yeah. She was a very attractive woman. Yeah. And so um, uh, we're like, okay. And so we launched into our pitch. Yeah. And uh, we did the whole pitch, did the whole song and dance. Uh, it went pretty well. He liked it. He had some thoughts and some notes. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, you know, uh, he had explained that she was the new development executive. And he turned to her and said, you know, she's scribbling in her notebook as we're doing it. Yeah. She turned to him and was like, uh, he turned to her and said, hey, you got any thoughts, any questions? And she you know, had some que- had a question or two that she asked, and here yeah. are my here's my feedback, and here are my thoughts, and you're like, okay, yeah. okay, and we engaged with her. Yeah, it yeah. was fine, it was okay, and we finished the thing, and we walked out. We walked out, and later on, what we found out was that uh, this guy had just been out to lunch. He had a lunch, and he had met this girl at the lunch place, and he thought she was hot. Yeah, and he was trying to hook up with her, or pick her up, or whatever, and said, "Hey, I got this pitch meeting." 
with the guys who made Super Troopers, the Broken Lizard guys. Yeah. You want to come? And uh, she she apparently said yes. Yeah. And so he brought this woman into our pitch room. Yeah. And then they pretended that she was an executive yeah. at the company. Yeah. And even had questions. Yeah. And engaged us. And engaged us. And we answered her. And we did. And I and when I found that out, I was fucking pissed. You were fucking pissed. I w- well, I mean, it's like one of these deals, like f- a couple of things. First of all, yeah. When you like the Michael Clark Duncan thing, when you pull a prank on someone, you should tell them afterwards. Ah, just kidding. This is so and so. Yeah. Right. Then I wouldn't have such a problem. Another thing was like since he, since that was not done. Yeah. It made it feel like we were the idiots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is our job. Yeah. This is how we make a living. Yeah. This is what we're doing. We worked and put this thing together and made a presentation. Yes. And then this we guy shot pistols in the air. Yeah. And then this guy brings some chick he's trying to pick up into the room with him. Yeah. And she's like faking asking us asking us questions. You I were was mad. Fucking pissed. But I, I think that's one of the weirdest pitches situation pitch situations. That was a weird The dude brought an imposter into the pitch with him. That was a weird he wanted one. to hook up with that him. That was strange. <laughs> ballsy. That was ballsy. You know, I forgot something like another part of the pitching process that we that we like is the whole uh, fluffing, dick sucking. <laughs> yes, part. Yes, yes, yes. So the way you explain that, explain that. The way it also goes uh, when we pitch something is that our manager or our agent or our producer will escort us into the office, and then there's a, a good. First, we bullshit. Yeah, we like to bullshit a lot. It's foreplay. You yeah. got to lube them up. It's like having an opening act. Yeah, in your stand-up show, you can't just stick the idea into them. Right. <laughs> you have to lube it up you want to lube it you want to have some foreplay and so like first we like to bullshit a lot like you know tell jokes and everything like that and then what we like is for our agent slash manager slash producer to suck our dicks <laughs> and I'll explain what that means what that means is that then, oh, what does that mean what that means metaphorically speaking is that then they will say okay well anyway this, they've, they've broken off from the bullshit session they right. say okay let's get down to business here so we've got this idea, and as you know, these fellows right here, they are the best in Hollywood. <laughs> They've created films that the whole world has seen. They're funny, they're irreverent, they're, they're original. They're outside the box, but they can be inside the box. <laughs> they can write R-rated, but they appeal to a vast, vast uh, combination of demographics. Right. They're really the coolest guys I've ever met in my life. Yep. Anyway, we like that shit. We like that, but sometimes you will be pitching with executives from the company that you're working with who aren't very good at it. No. Who are far less... um, Enamored with us than we are. Yeah, but also less uh, charming and funny. Yes. And uh, then it gets things off on a bad note. They don't know how to suck our dicks. Right. Yeah. I mean... But they're not used to it. Like, their idea is to just get to, to work. Yeah. Yeah. They don't appreciate the fact that you gotta lube these people up. Yeah. I think one of the most unique... Fluffers that we had mm-hmm. was Knoxville. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. At that Paramount meeting, yeah, we were um, we were pitching a movie. We were pitching a movie with Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, and it was right after he'd gotten his uh, his dick smashed up in his uh, <laughs> in his accident. And uh, the executives, you know, because he's got a deal at Paramount. The executives said, uh, "We sat down at the table and said, how how is uh, how are you doing down there, Johnny?" And he's like, oh, pretty good. He's like, look at this. And he he stands up and whips his dick out Ugh. and starts showing everybody, like, the <laughs> catheter and the tubes and everything like that. And and there was a woman. Yeah, sure. Present. Sure. And we were all, you know, I was right next to him. 
And right. we're looking at his like smashed up dick. Right. And uh, that was pretty fucked up. And what happened in that pitch? We sold it. Yeah, exactly. We sold it. Exactly. <laughs> we sold it. Yeah. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. Yeah. The beauty is the pitches you sell in the room. Those yeah. are the beauty. I mean, our, our, one of our first one was uh, was a TV show. We a TV show. We sold to NBC. It's a TV show. And that was one of the first pitches we ever had done. I think that that NBC thing. Well, so what happened? Yeah, was that uh, you know we had Puddle Cruiser had come out. Yep. And then uh, our first movie, and. It was a while before we were able to get the money for Super Troopers. And so our agents said, hey, you know, there is money in TV. Yeah. And you guys should maybe pitch some TV shows. So yeah. we flew out from New York. Yep. Yeah. Uh, really uh, with our last dollars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're still just kids. Crashing on a, on a buddy's couch. Yep. Yeah. We were rent, r- renting, what, Ted Griffin's house? I think, I, uh, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, and then... That was after. I think it was earlier than that. Yeah. Okay. So then we, we wound up pitching... All of the networks. Yeah. And uh, and so the way it works also is like the pitch period is pretty intense. Yeah. If you've got an idea with TV, they try to pack them all in one week. Like you're doing three pitches a day, four pitches a day. Yeah. Um, same with the movies. You, and it's to create a competitive buying atmosphere. Right. If you get an offer from ABC in the morning, then you pitch an NBC in the afternoon, NBC maybe is going to think, hey, I got to get on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we, we pitched every network and, you know... Uh, we were getting passes already. Yeah. People were passing by the time we got to our last pitch, which was NBC. NBC, yeah. And we were like, and there were some smaller networks at the time. Yeah. And who had already passed. And mm-hmm. we were like, God, if they pass. We're screwed. We're screwed. And here we are pitching NBC. And I remember it was a gloomy day. It was a gloomy day. Burbank. Yeah. And we, mm. we, went, uh, we went to NBC with our favorite agent. Right. It was our TV agent at the time. Yeah, a guy named Joe Cohn. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, we went in the room, and we were so sad mm-hmm. and forlorn. And we, and we pitched, we pitched, we pitched our little hearts out. We pitched so hard. <laughs> and I think Joe Cohen. It was our first pitch, and yeah. we were new with with our agency CAA, and yeah. so, and he wanted to do a good job with us. And he, the executive gave him an opening. He yeah. was like, "Yeah, I really." I really liked uh, your movie. Yeah. And he's like, so let's just close this deal. Let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just do it right here. And the guy was like, yeah. uh, and he's like, fellas, leave the room. Yeah. Get and out of Our agent room. kicked us out of the room. Yeah. And then we went down to the parking lot. And we stood in the parking lot. Yeah. In like a semicircle. Yeah. That went, oh, I think, I don't know. That was kind of interesting when yeah. the agent did this. Yeah. And then Joe walked out. Yeah. It's like, sold it. Yeah. And we we're like, hooray. Yeah. I, I won't give you the number because, uh, you know, we don't want to, like, give out numbers. Yeah. But he said, how does this much money sound to you? And we were like, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> that yeah. was always thrilling. That was – The sales in the room are the best ones. I mean, uh, we, had a, we had a couple at Warner Brothers, too, and we had a deal at Warner Brothers. And you, when you get into the, into the room with the actual decision maker, yeah. that's when the things really happen. That's, you know? that's the only time you can really buy in the room. Yeah. They, or you can only sell in the room is if the decision maker is there. Otherwise, the executive has to – um, pitch it up, up yeah. the ladder. And then maybe you might have to go pitch again, you know, yeah. who knows. But like when you're sitting there, you might not even have to get through it. You know, we we sat with the head of Warner Brothers and we had uh, uh, a deal there and we had multiple ideas and we went in and he just kind of cherry-picked. He was like, no, yes, no. Like we would just give him the log line. Yeah, we didn't even, we yeah. had three whole pitches mapped out. Yeah, three song and dances. He's like, all right, all right here, what's the first one? We're like, it's, well, we're thinking about this. He's like, no, no, next one. Yeah. We're like, okay, was, was thing. he's like, that's the one. Yeah. I'll buy it. Let's buy it. Boom. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Because, and this is, you know, like a tip for, for young screenwriters out there. So there's two kinds of ideas you can pitch, high concept and low concept. <laughs> okay? This is, really, this is really, it's really simple. High concept is something like Die Hard. A guy is trapped in a building taken over by terrorists, and he has to save the day. 
that's a high concept. It's something you can explain in one line. Yeah, big hooky, big yeah. hooky idea. As opposed to like a Robert Altman uh, film or like you know like a big ensemble piece or something where you're like, okay, it's going to be all these different elements working. Yeah. It's just high concept as boom, a one line. You say in one line, yeah. Yeah, like uh, you know, dude trapped in a tunnel. It's yeah. Die Hard in a tunnel. Yeah, you know that's the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone movie, right? <laughs> right? And the reason why those are much easier movies to sell, you know, like uh, the guy gets the power of God for a day, like Jim Carrey's movies yeah, yeah, and Adam yeah. Sandler's movies yeah. for a long time were just high concept. It's so that the executive you're pitching, because then walk into the room of the studio, tell a, their boss executive, and yeah. say it's about a guy who gets the power of God for a day. Yeah, and it's an easy thing for him to convey, as opposed yeah. to like all of your jokes, your F troop <laughs> jokes. Right. Your character nuances and shit. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so but if you're in the room with uh with with a guy like who can just pull the trigger. Yeah. He'll pull the trigger. Yeah. Because I also think a lot of times every time we've ever been in the room with one of those decision makers, yeah. they always buy it. They do pull the trigger. Well that's because it's hard to get in the room and when you can get in the room with them it's, it means something. Yeah. There's and there's a reason why you're in the room. And I think they, they like throwing their weight around. They do. And they like saying, like, you know what? Yeah, let's buy it. Well, because they don't have to be a, they have to be afraid. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't have to, they have to That's worry. That's the power. Yeah, yeah. They're drunk on the power. Yeah, in a good way. Mm-hmm. We're all, what else? We've sold a couple things in the room. Uh, there's that. Uh, I remember doing the same thing in Warner Brothers with Bill Gerber, and uh, it's just you know it's fun to to do that. To, yeah. just to sell stuff in the room. Yeah. What about um, uh, pitch clothes? You have pitch clothes? I do. Do you have certain clothes you like to wear when you pitch? I do. I do. What do you What do you go with these days? Yeah, and uh, these days, it's not. But so... why? Like, what's? Are you trying to convey a certain image? Or are you trying to? Uh... I want to be sexy. Okay. And uh... well, do you remember that when we the first time we ever went and pitched, and we just got signed by CAA? Yeah. And we were all like shorts and sandals and on, flip flops. Yeah. And our agent, yeah, who we talked about the other day, it was that woman they were talking about the other day? Yeah. And she was like, "No. Yeah. No. Yeah." You don't go pitch like that. Yeah, it's disrespectful. And she gave us uh, a, a course yeah, in the she... proper way to dress for a pitch. Yeah, but it's like you know, look w- respectful. Yeah, so wear I, shoes. I always wear clothes, pants, shoes. Yeah, but I'll wear sneakers. Yeah, because you also, it's like I don't want to be too dressed up. Well, that's the thing. We're still the creatives. Yeah, so you have to walk that line of not being disrespectful, but still being creative. Yeah. Plus, we're also like R-rated comedy guys, <laughs> and so it's like we've got to be irreverent. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to think like we're soft. Sure. But so, you know, it's like, but I don't want to go too, I don't want to go t-shirt. Right. Because I think that's too casual. Jay will always go t-shirt. Always. And like ripped t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, like to, I like to try to be a little handsome. Oh. Not hard for you, Steve. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I also have, I'm superstitious. So I have lucky things. Yeah. And so it's like, like lately I've been wearing... It's not so much about. So it's a lu- you wear a lucky outfit. Well, it's not so much about the pants, okay. and the t-shirt okay. underneath mm-hmm. the denim shirt that I'm rocking. <laughs> <laughs> so you like to pitch in a denim shirt? I've been. You're denim Dan the pitcher. We just sold a TV show, Kev. You yeah, and I, right. And right. Uh, with soda and still handsy. Right, right. And I wore. I was wearing the denim shirt then. Okay. Over open. Okay. Over t-shirt. Okay. And uh, and then the Cheech and Chong pitches, right. I, I was wearing my denim thing. And Shader Sicker was blowing his mind. Right. He's like, oh, you're bringing the, the denim jacket back? And I was like, it's not a jacket. It's a shirt. He's like, it looks like a jacket. <laughs> and it was funny because, it, like, Jay, as we, I think, I don't know if we've talked about it on this thing, but, like, Jay is very much into his, like, man crushes. Into uh-huh. his, or, like, he likes to work with men that he's attracted to. Right. And uh, I do believe that I was his first. Okay. Because, like from college, 
You know, and that's why I was the lead in Puddle Cruiser. Okay. I do believe I was his first. I've never held that position, so that's okay. What? What? That you... Uh, a man crush of Jay's. Oh, no, you've never held that no, position. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but that, you know, it's like, but then he moves on eventually. Right, sure, and finds a new love. Yeah, and it's like, it doesn't really hurt. No. It doesn't hurt when he breaks up with you. Right. You're maybe relieved. But when he does redirect his attention to you. Well, that's, and do you remember, like, uh, after the last Teach and Chong pitch, I was wearing sunglasses, and he was like, you remind me of Robert Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. I think he had eyes for me again. Yeah. I think he enjoyed the pitching process. Because he liked your pitch outfit, the pitch outfit that you picked. I think he also liked my pitch demeanor. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, my pitch demeanor is very casual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm, like, remember the day, like, I... I, I Don't uh, you find I'm a very casual pitcher? Yeah, it's all right. Oh, You're pretty good. Oh, now you won't give it to me? No, I will. What do you want me to do? We, we, Suck we my both dick. pitch. Suck my we dick. We both pitch together. Suck my dick. Remember the day I wore the uh, my funny shoes? Oh fucking heifer. Okay, what's your tell, yeah? Tell us about your. I usually don't wear my funny shoes, but I wore my funny shoes. You one mean day. your elf shoes? Or no, no, your, no. Oh, your uh, my uh, sneakers with the red with laces. the fat laces. Yeah, with your nineteen eighties breakdancing. Yeah, yeah. My my sneakers with the fat la- yeah. red laces. Are those your stand up shoes? Those those I don't I haven't worn in a while, but those were my stand up shoes for a little while. Okay, but I I decided to wear them. We were we weren't doing well. We were pitching a TV show. Yeah, this was last season. We weren't doing well. We weren't making a sale. Okay, we had one last pitch. Okay, it was to ABC. Okay. And I decided to wear my funny shoes. Okay. And you ripped me a new one that morning. A funny Before new. we went in. A funny yeah, new one. Yeah, but you were like, oh, God, you're in funny shoes. Yeah. And then we went in there, and I crossed my legs uh-huh. so they could see my funny shoes. Okay. In the couches. Okay. And we pitched. And? And we sold it. Sold it. <laughs> and that was what did it? Was your little clowny shoes? I think shoes? it was my funny shoes. Your Jadivian clowny shoes? Yeah, I think it was my funny shoes that Jadivian clowny okay. would wear. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, uh, I like to wear a collared shirt. Um, a collared, a collared, a yeah. collared shirt, a pant. Yeah, and, um, and your elf shoes. And my elf shoes. Yeah, and then my Merrells. It's it's funny because oftentimes we go to lunch between pitches. Yeah, and you always have to take off your your collared shirt. Right, because you always spill on, I know. on your outer layer. I don't want to fuck up my shirt. Yeah, or get pit stains in them. Yeah, but like I always have a thing where when we do a week a pitch, like we'll do like you know eight pitches in one week. I'll yeah. wear the same outfit to every pitch. To keep the juju on the outfit? A little bit, but also so like uh, there's not like a uh, – they're all control groups. There's not a reason why we failed based on my okay. appearance. Okay. E- either we failed, you know, because everyone hated the way I looked right. or because the pitch sucks. Sure. Or because of, <laughs> or because of my – I didn't wear my denim shirt. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You didn't go denim Dan. Yeah. Or I wasn't cool enough yeah. in, the, uh, in the pitch meeting. Yeah. What about the executive who told me to shut the fuck up? Um, Remember that guy? Spike? Yeah, Spike. We were doing uh, we were doing a show about uh, driver's education. Okay. And I said uh, the DMV is very much like a, a gateway to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's really a, it's it's a uh, a microcosm. Yeah. Of what you find out there, you know, every group, and that's what's so beautiful about driver's ed is everybody comes through there. And mm-hmm. he goes, "Would you just shut up?" <laughs> He's like, "Shut up." I was like, "That this is the kind of shit you like to hear." Yeah. He said, just shut up. That's the hard part. No, there's the same guy who said we went in and we did a whole little song and dance for some TV show. Uh, and Chandra Sekar was working on something else, so he wasn't involved in the prep. He couldn't he couldn't make it for the prep. Yeah. So he didn't have a part. Yeah. So we did the whole song and dance, and then we were done. The guy said, I have one question. We said, yeah, yeah. He said, when are you going to talk? And he pointed at Jay because yeah. he wanted to hear because Jay said nothing. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. You can't you can't bring someone to the pitch who's not going to speak. Everyone does have to Everyone speak. Everyone has to at least say one sentence. One thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Um, okay. Good. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. So let's wrap it up. I'm man. satisfied now. I think so. Let's wrap this shit up. Okay. okay. How about let's let's have a post um, podcast meal? Okay. You, know, I could chew, you should chew something let's chewy. Chew something. Mm. 
Oh, we never talked about what I was eating. What we were you eating? We, what this were, is a good wraparound. What were yeah. you eating? I, I was eating a, a Salisbury steak. Oh. Over like a bed of like... Uh, with gravy? Like with gravy and grilled <laughs> onions and peppers. Oh, okay. Because I'm really craving it. We drove by, after pitching uh, Paramount yesterday, yeah. we drove by uh, Lucy's El Adobe on Ooh. Melrose. And I used that to have... That brings this, back memories. Yeah, the Raul's Estate. Yeah. Oh, man. After you've been pitching Cheech... Voices all <laughs> afternoon. You see a Mexican restaurant, like you're like, I need them vlogging days. Hey, yeah, right. Anyway, all um, right, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. That's that's our our our, our pitch behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, and yeah. Pitch uh, education. Yeah, we'll, pitch education. We'll let you know if we sell the Cheech and Chong idea. Yeah, you'll hear about it. But anyway, we got a lot. Um, of but anyway, thank you guys, and we'll see you next week. No, we'll talk to you. No, we'll hear from you. Yeah. No, we'll talk about you. It'd be great if we could just do everything. Yeah. If we we'll just do it all. Be with each other. Yeah, we'll be with you guys next week. Maybe one day we'll do a video podcast. Hey, that's a good idea. So people can actually see us. That's a good idea. And we can point to them. All right. Then I can't wear my pit out shirt though. You can do it. No, people should get a window into what it's like <laughs> to be in the room with you. It's like we're, we're right now we're in like the tropical zone of the zoo. <laughs> like this room just smells like like breath and Heffernan's pits. Yeah. Some people like that. Like your wife and yeah, kids. Yeah, exactly. Your kids. My you, family. You've groomed your kids to like that. Yeah, that's what they know. Do you know that that means like, that your daughters will only be attracted to dudes who like, you know, are breathy and sweaty and farty? If my daughters are attracted to a guy like me, I'll be very happy. You know what, Kev? Thank you very much, everyone. Good night, everybody. All right. Later. Now leaving Nerdist.com.